0: This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. I'm going to be kicking off a, a series today, and um, I've been excited about this particular series starting out the new year. It's not every year you get to start the year out on Sunday, January 1st on a Sunday. It's not every year that you get to do that, but when it comes around, it's a blast. There's five Sundays in January this year, and I'm gonna be preaching the first four, and then I have a friend of mine that will be here as a guest speaker on the fifth Sunday, but it will be a part of our series. And let me kind of give you an overview of what we're, what we're gonna be teaching and preaching this entire month. If I could have our series graphic up. The, the series that we're starting today is called Inside Out. Everybody say, inside, out. And all all month long, I'm going to be teaching and preaching from this particular title. And we're going to be leading up. We're going to be dealing with some issues here in this local church setting, dealing with issues of the heart, dealing with the inner man. And then what we're going to do is we're going to wrap the month up with my friend, Jonathan Suber. Jonathan Suber will be here. He has a ministry that is one that has literally seen many, many miracles, signs, and wonders. And for some of you here today, you might be a skeptic of that. You might think, mm, not real sure about it. I just want you to give, give an open mind to this. I believe with my whole heart that the Holy Spirit can heal, the Holy Spirit can touch in a way that brings deliverance and freedom. And I believe that's the will of God for all believers, all believers. When you come to Jesus and you repent of your sins and you give lordship over to Jesus, I believe it's the will of God that you be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, all of that said, that particular Sunday is going to be a beautiful Sunday where that, that we're just going to open up our hearts and open up our minds and go for God, and, and we're going to really embrace this inside-out thing. So uh, let's get started today. It's New Year's, and here's how it always goes down. Every new year that comes around, we all do this. We start off with Celebration. I was blown away with the with the response and the first service to this question because of the service it 's the nine o 'clock service, and they 're not all older people but they 're all professional working mentality some older but if they're not older by age they're definitely older in their in their faith the nine o'clock service for some reason it kind of gathers a group that's kind of been living for God for a while so I was kind of shocked at the response just because of the natural rhythm of the body the human body so I want to see the response in this service who literally stayed up till midnight and brought the new year in at midnight last night it's like the same response. It's mind blowing. The Nora and I, it's official, Jack. We are old and boring. Nine o'clock, lights were out last night. We were toast at nine o'clock. And the Nora literally said, When did it happen? When did we get here? Why are we so old and boring? I was like, Oh no, but I sure love it. So, for all of you party animals that stayed up all night long, uh, here's how New Year's always works. We start out with a celebration, woohoo, the ball dropping from New York, woohoo, everybody going crazy. And then there's that moment when we go into reflection and we start reflecting on the previous year. We think about the birthday party or we think about the special event, the special moment and experience. And then what do we do? We roll into making resolutions. New Year's resolutions and we start thinking about all the things that we wanna do differently in 2017. So we start either mentally or either physically writing down these ideas that we wanna change about ourselves or about our families or about our life situation. We want these New Year resolutions. Here's a few that are popular. Uh, these are just things that kind of cover the whole canvas of the of the population here today. There's some that want to eat less and work out more. Can I get a hand up on that New Year's resolution? You want to eat less and work out more? Uh, wow, there must be a lot of healthy people because you didn't think you needed that. Um, you know, I, 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 I know this, that... Denora has never looked better. My girl has been putting in the work every morning at like, I don't know, it's like early. I'm not even up. And she's putting in the work and it's, it's paying off. So for all of you, that's your New Year's resolution. Keep going at it. Uh, eat less, work out more. How about this one? You want to spend less and save more? Are there anybody that wants to spend less and save more? All right, so we have very few that want to eat less, but we got a lot of people that want to spend less. I think we have a financial problem in this church. How about this one? How many of you want to work less and rest more? Okay, everybody, that's, that's what we're talking about. Everybody, okay, y'all ready for, for the bad news of the day? Here's the bad news. Get ready to be upset with me. New Year resolutions don't work. Statistics have proven, Jack, and I don't know who Jack is, but he'll amen this, by February, you will not be doing all these things that you're writing down that you're going to start doing. You're going to start doing them. You're going to do them real good for about five days, 10 days, 15 days, but come February, you're not going to be doing them. So uh, just deal with it. New Year's resolutions really don't work. And let me tell you Why? Because changing things on the external, changing external things do not bring about inner change. Changing things on the external does not bring, it does not produce internal change. You have to be changed from the inside out. It's like you don't put a new paint job on a rotting house. You don't put a Band-Aid on an infection. You've got to go to the heart of the issue. You got to get on the inside of an issue and change it on the outside. The reason why none of us fulfill our New Year's resolutions or at least majority of the time, it's because we're trying to Solve an inner problem by just modifying a few of our daily choices and decisions. And I believe, and I think I'm going to show you from scripture, that what God's plan for your life this year is not for you to to be disappointed in failing once again at our New Year's resolution, but what God wants you to do is to achieve every dream and goal and vision you have, but it's got to start on the inside and then let the Holy Spirit manifest the change on the outside somebody say amen this morning so go to Romans chapter number 7 Romans chapter number 7 and we're gonna take a look at a dude named Paul Paul he wrote two-thirds slightly more of the New Testament this brother had his life together it seems But you're fitting to find out that Paul struggled with the very same thing that you and I struggle with. And it has to do with this not not keeping up with resolutions. Romans chapter seven, verse number 21. This is Paul saying this. I find that there's a law, this law is at work in me. In other words, there's something that Happens so consistently, so routinely that it's 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 like a law. It is that it is that it is. There's a law at work, and that is this: when I want to do good, evil is right there with me. Did any of your moms or your grandmothers ever tell you you got the little good guy on one shoulder and the little bad guy on one shoulder, and they're both jockeying for position in your life? Anybody ever heard of that? Well, all of us have a little bit of good in us. All of us have this this other. Uh, in us and it's always struggling and 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 it's always fighting for leadership Paul says for in my inner inner being I delight in God's law I love God's ways I love the promises of God I love to be obedient to the Lord but but I see another law at work in the members of my body in other words my heart loves the lord but my eyes want to look at things i shouldn't look at i love the lord but my mouth says things i don't want to say i love the lord but my hands do things i don't want them to do i love god but my feet take me places i know i shouldn't go i love him but my hearing i'm hearing things i know are not healthy for me to listen to i love god but i'm in this inner struggle waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. And then Paul does something that all of us have done when we've promised we will not eat any more ice cream for the rest of the year. And then we eat a quart of bluebell. He says, oh, what a wretched man that I am. And then of course, if I was Paul, I would say, oh, but I'm so happy. Paul is having the same struggle that you and I have. And it comes down to this. The good that he wants to do, he just can't seem to do it. And the bad that he wants to refrain from, he just seems to always get into it. He has good motives, good intentions. He has a good belief system. But his actions don't always add up to his belief system. Want me to tell you what Paul is? Writer of two-thirds of the New Testament, this may be hard for you to swallow, but Paul is an addict. And guess what? Every one of us in this room today, we're, we're addicts. And, and before you turn me off and say, dude, you have no idea what you're talking about. Now that dude over there, oh, I forgot y'all are the conservative good guys. That, that guy over there, He may be an addict, but I'm not an addict. Here's why we think this way. Our culture makes us think when we hear the word addict, we think alcoholic, we think drug user, we think porn user, we think uh, 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 crazy sexual idea user. We think just, we think the worst of the worst of the worst. And the truth of the matter is this, we're all addicts to some degree. And where you make the mistake and where I've made the mistake is we try to rank which addiction's worse than the other. An addict is an addict is an addict. There's nothing worse, and I know this is crass. I know this is not appropriate, and I'm just gonna ask you to hear the point being made. I'm trying to make it in a very clear way. There's nothing worse than a really, really heavy, heavy, overweight pastor trying to condemn everybody for their problems when yet he just eats the bucket of chicken and the two liter for a snack. And I know that comes off really crass. My point is all of us have a problem. And God forbid that we start pointing the finger at everybody else's issue and forget that you've got an issue. Pastor Tommy has an issue. I'm an addict. My name's Tommy Brandon and I'm an addict. And you may say, whoa, everybody recording this? Get this on film. This is crazy, big news, starting out the year with Pastor Tommy claiming to be an addict. I am, I'm an addict. Because addiction is simply this. You can't stop doing what you wanna stop doing. It's a cycle. And all of us have an it that we just can't seem to break. And most of it comes out with New Year's resolutions. You want to lose weight. You want to stop spending. You want to sleep more. You want to, you want to work less. You, you want to spend more time with your family. You want to vacation more often. You, you want to give. You want to start tithing this year. That's your New Year's resolution. Some of you just getting to church today. That's huge, man. And I applaud you. You started out your year by saying, honey, I, I know it's New Year's Eve, but we're getting up and we're going to church. Now, we might go to that second one because it's a little later, but we're going to church Well, that's awesome. And most of us are doing resolutions because we know that we need to try to break the addiction of whatever it is. Now, here's the thing. You can be an addict without being a synthetic user. Y'all ready for this? Y'all gonna think this is really stupid and cheesy and goofy. But the truth of the matter is, I'm an addict to something called golf. And you would say, well, that's not harmful. Ask that good-looking girl over on the front row over there if it's harmful. It's harmful for marriages to want to play too much golf. And Pam Longley, you need to say amen to that. (laughs) How is that a problem, Pastor Tommy? Well, let me help you with it. You'll know you're an addict if these fit. Everybody watch this. These are in your sermon notes that's, that's on your app today. You know you're an addict when... It becomes a part of your identity because I don't just play golf; I'm a golfer, and I know that that's my brother-in-law, Clyde. He showed me this. He's here today. He showed me this incredible video that he he, he took a GoPro and he put it on his chest. And he's a, he's a weekly, maybe daily. I don't know. He's at least weekly uh, bike rider. He goes on long bike rides through trails and really cool environments. And he took this awesome video of this trail that he was riding. Um, he doesn't just ride bikes, he's, 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 a, he's, a, he's a bike rider. And there's others of you in here that, that whatever it is that you're into, you don't just do it, it's who you are. You know you're an addict when it becomes a part of your identity. You don't just, you, you know, you, you don't just smoke, you're a smoker. You, you don't cuss, you, you're a cusser. You don't cheat, you, you, you're a cheater. It becomes a part of your identity. And and you name it, we're not ranking what's worse than not because all of it, by the time this sermon's over, I'm gonna show you golf is as bad of a situation for me as as nicotine is for someone on, on, on cigarettes. And the truth of the matter is a New Year's resolution that I'm never gonna play golf, that ain't gonna happen. And a New Year's resolution that you're never gonna smoke, that's probably not gonna happen. What's gonna happen is we're gonna get healed from the inside out, and let me show you more. Secondly, you know you're an addict when you try to quit and you fail miserably and then you become hopeless. You're hopeless in this sense. It's never going to be different. This is always going to be how it is. This is what it's always been. Nothing's ever going to change. Number three, any threat to your addiction becomes a threat to you. Have you ever tried to call somebody out and ask them out of concern about their issue and the next thing you know they're like, "I don't have a problem. You're the one with the problem." What do you mean I have a problem? I don't have a problem. Okay, I know I've had two buckets of chicken, but you've had three salads. So back up. <laughs> you get real defensive about your problem. Well, guess what? If it's if it's getting you all frustrated and upset when somebody touches your little addiction, you just need to stay quiet over there. I was emptying out our storage facility recently and on the seventh golf bag of clubs, Denora had to come out and say, really, why do you have to have? And I'm like, man, just back up. Just, just, just back up. It's so much easier to preach about these things than live it. Another one, you begin to lose your life. You begin to lose your vision. You begin to lose your dreams. You begin to lose your hopes because this addiction has its hands wrapped around you and it's choking out your life and it owns you. You're an addict. And then last but not least, you ease the pain of life by just one more fix. I've walked through something with a family This has been about 10 years ago. I I walked through this with a family that their family was unraveling and there wasn't spousal abuse. There wasn't alcohol. There wasn't sexual abuse. There there was not adultery or anything of that nature that we all think is major problems. Do you know what the problem was? She, the wife had accumulated about $40,000 of secret credit card debt due to purchasing off of these television shows that, that show you the, the daily special or whatever they're called and these little trinkets and almost everything that came on she had to have and she purchased another and purchased another and purchased another and purchased another and, and opened up another line of credit and purchased another, purchased another. Drinking? No. Um, Cheating, no. uh, Overspending. We all have an it. We all have an issue. We all have a problem that we just can't seem to stop. But I want to help you with this today. If you're willing to let the Spirit of the Lord minister to you, this is going to be the best year of your life if you'll just listen to the Word of the Lord today. The addiction is not the root of the problem. There's a deeper issue going on with someone that can't stop spending, can't stop the hobby, can't stop the lying, can't stop whatever. There's a deeper issue. And the deeper issue is something that you probably never saw coming. This next word is probably gonna make you think, oh, what in the world is he preaching about? The deeper issue is something called idolatry. The addiction is the symptom of idolatry. The addiction is the manifestation. We see, you could hear, you could touch, you could feel, you can experience the idolatry in the addiction. So when someone's hung up on something, like Paul said, I I, I wanna stop doing it, but I can't stop doing it. The problem is idolatry. Now you may think, man, what is going on with this sermon? I'm not an idol. I don't have a golden statue that I worship. Idolatry is real easy. It's anything that's more important to you than God. Anything that has taken the position of what's most important in your life has now become idol worship. And this is what's crazy. Even a spouse can become idolatry. Children can become idolatry money a job crazy 5am workouts (laughs) bring up golf (laughs) fried chicken because I'm a preacher that's what preachers do we like fried chicken Anything that is more important to you than God has now become idolatry. And idolatry breeds addiction. So the next thing you know, you did not intend for this to become a God in your life. But all of a sudden, something silly has now taken priority in your life. And the reason that a New Year's resolution won't work is because it's not something on the outside that you need to change. You've got to change on the inside. You've got to put God back first in your life. Let me show you how easily that this mistake of idolatry happens. In the book of Isaiah chapter 44, we have this really interesting portion of scripture. I'm reading today from the NLT in verse number nine. How foolish are people that manufacture idols? And I would think most of us would say amen to that. The prized objects are really worthless. It's just a piece of stone or a piece of gold or or something of nature. The people who worship idols, they don't realize what they're doing. Who but a fool would make his own God? Who would make and create something and make it a God? But a a fool would, an idol that cannot help him one bit. Now skip to verse 15. Again, we're in Isaiah 44, skip to verse 15. And it says this person cuts down a tree, takes a block of wood and he uses the wood and he heats it with fire and it warms him up. That's a good thing. He uses the wood for fire to cook his bread. That's a good thing. He uses the wood with fire to cook the meat that he has. That's a good thing. But in the same like, this guy takes the same wood and carves out a god and worships to it. And, and, the, and the writer here is saying, how crazy the wood was used for fire to cook the bread and to stay warm and to cook the meat. And that's gonna become a god. He never knew what he was getting into. It just kind of evolved into him making this idol. And if you'll look into skipping verse 15 and on, you'll see that the man literally says, is this idol that I'm holding in my hand a lie? Now, I referenced that scripture to get you to ask yourself this question today, starting out this new year. No one can ask this question but you and no one can answer it but you. And the only way this sermon's going to work in your life is if you're honest right now. Has anything become more important to you than God? To Clyde, it would be, is a bike ride more important to you than God? To Tommy, it would be, is golf, is hunting, is hobby more important to you, Tommy, than God? For some of you, it would be, is your kid's extracurricular activity more important to you than God? Is your job more important to you? Is money more important to you? Is your health more important to you? The list can go on and on and on. Is, is, is media more important to you than God? Is fashion or trends more important to you than God? And, and here's the thing, you, you may say, I, 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 I don't, I, no, never. Ask it honestly because here's how you're gonna get your answer. Everybody knows what a pie chart is. We're gonna, I want you to take, take an analysis of your 2016 and create your own pie chart in your mind. Be honest or it won't work. You're, you're, just, you're just wasting time if you're not gonna be honest, but create a pie chart. How much time in the pie chart belongs to God? How much effort belongs to God, how much focus belongs to God? How much time belongs to God? How much of your finance of your energy of your of your labor? how much of your life belongs to God? because this is where the rubber meets the road. you didn't come to church knowing you're an addict, did you? but you are because all of us have something that's consuming an amount of space in our heart, and I just want you to answer because I can't answer it for you. I'm not, I'm not your, your judge. I'm not your high priest. That's Jesus. But you know, where does God rank in the metric system of your heart? Where is he at? Is Little League and soccer and, and vacation and overtime and, and, and what, what's most important? And only you will know So for the remainder of this sermon, I want you to keep that in your mind and now I'm gonna help you through scripture, tweak that for a new year and we're gonna reallocate, we're gonna reallocate what's going on in our hearts and by the end of 2017, we're gonna have God filling up the pie with the majority of his power and love and presence and all these other things are gonna still get to be a part of our lives, thank you Jesus, golf is going to still be a part. All of this other stuff can still fit. It just can't be an idol. And again, an idol is just something that's taking priority over God. So here we go. Let me show you how we can change and reallocate for this year. Matthew chapter 17. Matthew 17, verses number 14 through 18 says, When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and he's suffering greatly. He falls into the fire and he falls into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. They couldn't do anything for him. Jesus replies, Oh, unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring that boy to me. And Jesus healed him. Notice these two words. Everybody write them down. You got to underline this in your Bible. These two words produce the secret of accidentally rolling into idol, uh, idol worship, idolatry, which breeds addiction, Here's your two big reasons that we're all stuck sometimes during the year. Number one, everyone say the word unbelieving. Come on, everybody. Say unbelieving. And now say perverse. Okay. When you're unbelieving, you are disconnected from God. Imagine this outlet, uh, this, this cord being plugged into the outlet. Well, we're disconnected from God when we're unbelieving. And, and Steve, when we're perverse, that means we're too connected to the world. We're disconnected from God and we're too connected to the world, here's here's a here's a simple Louisiana way of saying this. Do you know more about the world's trends and, and do you know more about your culture? Do you know more about your fashion and your trends and and politics and current events than you know Scripture? Have you spent more time watching the news than praying? Have you spent more time on social media than in the word of God? Well, Jesus says the reason that this is happening is because you're an unbelieving, you're disconnected from God, and you're a perverse, you're way too connected to the world. The reason that you're not having deliverance, the reason you're not having freedom, the reason you're on the cycle of addiction and problems and troubles is because you're not connected to God, you're connected to the world. So we would say, naturally, then then what do we do with this? How are we gonna reallocate the pie chart? Well, let's continue reading the same scriptures. Verse number 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private. They were so embarrassed. This just happened. This, this boy could not be delivered. So they took him to Jesus. Jesus delivers him and then Jesus rebukes him and calls him unbelieving and, and perverse. So now they're like privately going to Jesus saying, sorry about that. I don't know what got into it. So you, just, you know I mean? Poor, I'm glad you were here. Why'd you call us unbelieving and perverse anyway? What's, what's the deal? In Jesus, in a private setting, And I hope you receive this today in your private setting, in your heart. Jesus says, because you don't have any faith, if you were to have faith just the size of a mustard seed, you would speak to the mountain and it would be moved from here to there. You don't have any faith. And what you're wanting to do, having freedom and deliverance can only happen from these two things. And this is what the Bible says. Nothing will be impossible for you, but this kind only happens, watch this, by prayer. Everyone say prayer Prayer. and fasting. Everyone say fasting. Prayer, fasting. What was our first two words? Our first two words were unbelieving, meaning we're not plugged into God. Perverse, meaning we're plugged into the world. Well, if we're gonna get plugged back into God, it can only happen through prayer, Prayer plugs us back into God, and if we're going to disconnect from the world, it can only happen by fasting. Fasting says no to the things of the world. Now, I grew up in a church setting where fasting typically was promoted against food, that you would fast from food. Now, of course, I grew up in Southwest Louisiana and uh, we had gods, you know, we had idols like boudin, crawfish, and enthufay and jambalaya. Uh, We we had one of those for every day of the week. We would bow to it and worship. I'm just joking, but food was a problem. So fasting in our home church was typically from food. And I want to say to you today that I believe times have changed. I think fasting from food is still an absolute beautiful step of your faith if, 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 if that's what God's calling you to. But I believe in our culture, there's some strongholds that, that are not necessarily with food. I think that media is a huge, huge issue in our culture. And if you want to disconnect from God, more than likely, you're getting connected to the world by media. And if you're wanting to get connected back to God, it's going to have to come from prayer. And one way that you might want to consider disconnecting from the world is fasting from media. Now, I'm going to touch a few things real quickly here. We've come through a crazy crazy political season and there's some of you that have absolutely OD'd. You have OD'd on politics. I'm one of them. I've been consumed with it. It seems like every conversation turns political. I mean, a three-year-old and I, we talk politics. How are you doing? Little baby? Who'd you vote for? It's that bad lately, right? What about Twitter? What about, well, I think most of you guys are Facebookers. What about Facebook? You wonder why you're not connected to God. How can you connect to God? You can't swipe him. You you, you can't like him. You can't comment on him. And and the whole time you're like, I wonder why I don't have the freedoms and the deliverances in my life. Oh my gosh, where did I? Oh my God, I've got to share that. thank you. I receive. Check it out, y'all. I'm just trying to help you. Your new year resolution is not going to work. You're going to have to be changed from the inside out. And let me preach to you for a few minutes and then I'm going to pray over you. And I feel the Holy Spirit really wanting to reach down into your heart and touch you today. You can't be changed by modifying the external in your life. You, could go to your, you, you, you can go in right now and you can throw away all the sugar foods. You're going to go buy them next week. You can go today and buy all the weights. Get you a good treadmill on Craigslist. It's going to become a coat hanger. If you want change, it's going to be on the inside. Because you have an issue on the inside that only the Holy Spirit can minister to. Now, once the Holy Spirit ministers to the inside, then the outside starts taking its leadership from the Holy Spirit, and then the outside starts falling in line with what the inside is is demanding and driving. Listen to me, everybody. Let me preach to you. Watch this. You want change in your life? Get connected back to God. Spend more time in prayer and come out of the world. Come out of the things of the world and into the presence of God. Here's our struggle, everybody. Here's our struggle. We want the things of the world and we want to flirt with the things of God. But we don't want to let go of the world. We love the world. Oh, we love it. Paul says, I don't want to. I do want to. I don't know what to do. Here we are. We want our media. We want want our Hollywood stuff. We want all the movies. We want all of this and all of this. And, And by the way, God, can you touch this? Can you heal this? Can you minister to this? And God's saying, you are so connected to the things of the world. It's been months since I've talked with you. You want all of him and he only gets a fraction of you? Doesn't seem right. And Jesus said, Pray fast. That's the recipe to not be unbelieving and perverse. You're unbelieving and perverse, you stay trapped in the cycle of addiction, which is, the root, it's, which is the manifestation of the root of idolatry. I wanna set you free, Jesus is saying, from idolatry. How do I do that? Because you, you've, you've taken me from first place to third to fourth to fifth. Your, your hobbies are more important than me. Your spending's more important to me. Your, 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 your lack of exercise or, or, or love for exercise is more important to me. Your, your marriage is more important. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it is. When, you, when, when, you, when, you, when your metrics is off, you could, you could worship that spouse more than you, and it all goes south. And Jesus is saying, pray, and fast, now let me close with this today. We gave you our prayer journal, and I want you to pick that up and take it out real quick. Prayer journal, and I want to give mad love to my buddy, Pastor Dustin, for doing an incredible job putting this together. Here's our prayer journal, and we, we try to give one to these for every family and uh, the ones you received as a family, you had your announcements in it and then you also had this insert, this insert of the focused prayer and if you need another one of these, they're in the lobby. There's plenty there in the lobby. They just won't have all of the announcement inserts. They'll just be the prayer journal but I want you to look at this focused prayer deal. Here's week one. We're starting today with 21 days of focused prayer and this is for you and your family to join us and pray with us. Week number one, on January 1st through the 7th. There's some topics there that we're gonna be praying about. But here's how we're gonna double down and make it even better. Because every Wednesday night, say Wednesdays. Wednesday. Every Wednesday at seven o'clock in January, we're all gonna be right here in this one room. And every Wednesday for one hour, we're gonna have some worship with our band, but then we're gonna have a time of prayer. Listen, if you want your 2017 to be the same that it's always been, do what you want to do. But I know I'm preaching to some people that you need some changes. You need some things in your family to be different. You need your marriage improved, your kids improved, your money improved, your body improved, your health improved, your mind improved. You need your emotions stabled out. You need your job. You, 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 you're broken, man. You're broken, you're fractured, and you need change. Throw your New Year's resolution list away or at least put it aside for a while. Be here on Wednesdays and pray. Get connected to God. Then you see week number two, we have focused prayer. Week number three, we have focused prayer. And then the reason there's four, fourth one's missing is because our fourth Wednesday night is gonna be a big night of worship full band, full worship for an hour. We're going to go after God. And then we're going to hit our final Sunday with the ministry that's really going to be connected to the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be really believing God to just have a fresh word upon my friend, Jonathan Suber. And we're just going to come believing that something great, mighty, and powerful is going to happen. Why are we doing all this? Pastor Tommy, why are you doing this? you What's all this about? Because I don't want you going through another year with regrets. You need a year of change that's gonna last longer than February. You need an inside out kind of change. I close with this. I want you to pray every day, 21 straight days. Man, all I've got's about 10 minutes, Perfect. But I know you've got more, but if that's what you think you've got, give him those ten. But then I want you to fast. Some of you you need a fast food, and that's not fast food. You need a fast food. Some of you need to fast a hobby that's a daily thing. Don't be fasting hunting in January because it's over. Don't be fasting golf because it's cold it's like that old boy, Daddy, I've told this story a thousand times. You already know what story I'm gonna tell. I'll never forget back home in our Louisiana church, the pastor said, I just need 10 men. I need 10 men to go on a juice fast with me for 10 days. I'm believing God. Who's gonna be that first man? And one old boy raised his hand and said, Pastor, I'll be your first one. And the pastor bragged on him. And that man leaned over to my dad and said, this will be a breeze. I don't even drink juice. supposed to be fasting from everything, but juice, you get it? Hey, I don't want you just to be taking this lightly. If you're gonna take it lightly, why take it at all? Just do your thing, man. You'll always have what you've always had. Just do your thing. But for those that won't change, for the next 21 days, I want you to commit to prayer and I want you to commit to saying no to something that's got a hold of you. The thing that you're thinking right now, that's it. And you didn't want me to say that because you're like, shoot, I was really thinking meatloaf. I wanted not to do meatloaf. I hate meatloaf, so I don't have no problems with that. There's certain relationships that some of you guys are in it's not healthy for you. I don't know why I'm saying this, feel led to say it. So I, I trust the Lord speaking to somebody right now. There's certain relationships, it's not, not good for you. You need to step out of that for a while. Some critical things can happen over these next 21 days hang ups, issues. Listen, dark places in your mind. Thoughts of adultery. Thoughts of theft. Thoughts of abuse. In Jesus' name, let them be broken over these next 21 days. Take captivity of your thoughts. You've been flirting with the idea of a hiring an attorney. You've been flirting with the idea of breaking that family up. In the name of the Lord, give these next 21 days to Jesus. Let Jesus perform a miracle in your family. Praise God. Don't throw it all away. Listen to me. Jesus' name. Let the next 21 days be connecting back to God disconnecting from the world and letting a miracle happen in your family and in your life. Let change from the inside bring about the change on the outside you want to see happen. If you receive the word of the Lord, say amen. Notice also with me on the bottom of that insert if you're someone that loves to pray here on campus for the first 21 days, there are prayer opportunities every day on campus led by different small groups. And on that note, as soon as we come out of the 29th with my friend, Pastor Suber, we'll be going into our spring small group semester. And I believe that there are some of you that need to lead a group this semester because you attended last year, all three semesters. It's time for you to lead a small group. And our small group leadership training is gonna be on the 22nd of January. You got 21 days to pray. You got 21 days to fast. And on the 22nd, I want you in leadership training to have the best 2017 that you've ever dreamed of having because God's going to pour into you over these next 21 days to give you the sustainability to pour out for 10 weeks of a small group. Let's break that addiction. Let's dethrone the idol and let's put God back in his rightful position. Can I get an amen? Stand with me this morning. I love you so much, and I bless you in Jesus' name. Bow your heads. Father, for the men and women in this room, I pray first of all, God, for the married couples in the room, for those that are in relationship and married by covenant marriage. I pray, Father, that this be the year that their marriage soars to greater heights than it's ever been. For the adults in the room, Lord, that in relationship outside of marriage, I pray, Father, that those relationships be made strong this year. Let love develop in great ways that one's never thought would be possible. For the adults in the room that are single, Father, I pray for relationships to come to their life this year. I pray first and foremost, God, for your perfect will for the right friendships the right networks, the right connections. I pray, Father, now for our students. I pray, God, for our young adult students and then our all-out junior high and senior high. I pray in Jesus' name that this be the year that they find identity and purpose and direction. Give them a vision for their life that's God-based and God-centered. I pray, Father, right now for our little ones, I pray for a hedge of protection around their minds, whether they be in public or private education or homeschooling. May their minds be clean and clear and protected. Protect them, Lord, from thoughts and thinking and of culture that are contrary to the word of God. Protect their little minds, Father. I pray in Jesus' name over all the elderly of our church and for the seniors of our church. May their wisdom be passed down to us this year. May them not feel overlooked. May them not sense a lack of not fitting in. But Father, may they be in different small groups that allow them to be mentors and coaches and teachers. And last but not least, Lord Jesus, I pray over this church as a family. And I pray, God, that 2017, as you've already begun to prepare us in the fall of 2016, that we deal with root issues greater than the, the goosebump, feel good issues. May we deal with real life issues that we're becoming made whole from the inside out because the greatest is still yet to come. But, Father, we need to be healthy to receive it. We need to be healthy to flow in it and to operate in it. And I pray in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit be poured out this year in great and mighty ways, blessing, touching, changing, delivering hearts, and it's all for your glory in Jesus' name. And may the church say amen. I love you. Happy New Year's to you. And uh, let's put God back in his rightful place. Amen. God bless you, you're dismissed.